find your own way All you gotta do is just Welcome to the Showgirl Tip of the Day podcast, everyone. I'm talking with one of my favorites, Annika Rudolph. The script is going to be a little flip today. Annika is going to ask me some questions. We're doing double duty. So this is for her project. But I also thought, why not hit the record button and do a podcast episode? So welcome, Annika. Thank you. I have been an avid listener. And so I'm honored to be on the podcast today and be with you all. <laughs> Thank you. And you also have been a faithful attendee of the ballet classes. I have a gift for you for the holidays. It's a surprise. So I'm not going to tell you what it is, but you have been so supportive Ever since we went on lockdown, you've been just 100% there virtually, which ties into your project, right? Mm -hmm. This ties into what you're working on. Mm -hmm. So go ahead, fire away. No question is off limits. Ask me anything. Amazing. So first I wanted to know, so you're, you went to a four-year school, correct? I did. I went to Adelphi University Mm -hmm. and that was a long time ago Mm -hmm. for dance. For dance. And while you were in school, did they mention anything about representation or how to get representation or was that not a part of the program? Absolutely not. It was a program that I really wasn't right for. It was a modern dance based program. And the reason I went there is because I went to a performing arts high school and the ballet teacher there was in the movie of Oklahoma and she was British ballet ballerina. Bunty Kelly was her name. And her husband, Harry, was the head of the dance department at Adelphi University. So when I was graduating from high school, my parents, neither one of them went to college. And in my senior year, they informed me that they didn't have like a college account for me or anything like that. They were like, oh, you're just going to do what we did, get a job. And I really did not plan anything past high school because my world was, I lived in my hometown. My father lives in the same house he grew up in. So we really lived in the present moment. There was no future planning. And then senior year, I knew what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to be on Broadway, but I also knew I wasn't ready to live in New York City at that time because it was rough back then. The city was not the city of today. There was no costume people walking around Times Square. So I was like, I'm not ready to go there yet. So Mm -hmm. I looked at some options and I only applied to two schools. I applied to Bowling Green in Ohio and Adelphi. So I went to Adelphi and... I tried as much as I could. They did not have a musical theater program. I took some voice lessons and I took a few acting classes, Mm -hmm. but it was very apparent that I was destined for musical theater. And Mm -hmm. so my first job out of college was the beginning of it all. So college was, it was an interesting experience and I plan on writing about it. There was a lot of uh, cruelty of training. Like the teachers were the kind of teachers that would yell and scream at you. And it just wasn't, I I remember wanting to leave several times, but Mm -hmm. my parents were, they were very tough love kind of parents. They still are. And they were like, if you leave, that's it. That's it. You're an adult. You're on your own. So you have a choice, either stick it out or 
leave and, you know, do what you get a job like we wanted you to do in the first place. <laughs> so you have graduated Adelphi, thank goodness, because it's clearly not the right fit. So do you right. move to New York and start auditioning? How did that experience go for you, that transition? Well, senior year. So Adelphi is in Garden City, which is very, it's about 30 minutes on the train to Penn Station. Okay. So senior year, I started auditioning. And we also, we had to, in several of my classes, we had to attend performances in the city and write reviews and things like that. I had been going into the city basically my whole college career with friends, you know, and I was gradually getting used to the idea of, okay, you're going to have to go to the big bad city if you want to work or whatever. And then I I think I told the story in one of my podcast episodes that I auditioned for a production of Damn Yankees my junior year. And Mm -hmm. Gwen Verdon was at the audition and I almost got it. I got a call back, but I ended up not getting cast in the show which was good because I ended up finishing senior year. I got my degree, et cetera. Mm -hmm. During that audition process, I auditioned for my job in Booth Bay Harbor with Dominic Garvey. And he changed my life basically because he started me on this path of singing. And he gave me such a great base of music and music knowledge that it served me for the next 20 years of my career. Yeah, I didn't go back to the city until January of that college grad year because I spent the summer in Maine and then Dominic got a job at a hotel with, and he took four of us with him. Mm -hmm. So up until Christmas, we were singing, which was great. And you were able to do all of that without an agent, no representation. Yes. True. Very true. I booked all of that just by going to open calls and submitting from backstage. Backstage was the paper that was very well widely used. There was no digital version back then. You had to go buy it on Thursday nights in the city, or you could have it mailed to you. But having it mailed to you meant you would get it Saturday, possibly Monday, Mm -hmm. which was like half the week was over by then. I guess maybe I picked it up when I was in the city because I remember submitting for the carousel in Booth Bay Harbor. And I remember just getting it and circling all the auditions that I wanted to go to. Mm -hmm. So that was how that's how I got booked my first, you know, several gigs. Yeah. And then how long were you auditioning before you got your first agent or manager? It was about five years, I would say. Five years. And during that time, did you ever have a feeling where you were like, oh, if I could only have someone like I'm at the door, I just need that key. Did you ever have like that frustrating mindset? No, No, because I was pretty much doing just fine booking work on my own. And there, back then, there were so many auditions that you actually had to pick the ones you were going to attend. Mm. So you would get backstage and you would see there would be maybe three to four auditions every single day of the week. And back then, they operated strictly on business hours. There was none of this Saturday auditions. Mm -hmm. The casting directors worked Monday to Friday, 10 to 6. And I recall being young and everybody who had a waiting on tables job would talk to the casting director or the monitor and they would say, I have to be out of here by 3.30 so that they could go to work. Mm-hmm. and make their night shift at the restaurant. I remember that happening. But yeah, so I had a good run in the 
beginning, I would say like five, six years, I was just working straight. How did I even get my agent? I think I, it was word of mouth, like a referral. Somebody submitted me to their agent. And my first agent was a woman named Beverly Anderson, who Mm -hmm. I didn't even start working with her until I was already doing Chicago, the tour, I think. So it was like late. Yeah. And I recall she was a big agent in the 50s and 60s and she was very kind. Oh, I know how I got her. My friend, Rebecca, Rebecca submitted me. And then Beverly's secretary called me and said, please come in. Mm -hmm. Beverly wants to meet you. And Beverly was sweet, but she was old school. For example, when I got pregnant with my daughter, she told me to not let anyone see me because people would think I ruined my figure. That's how old school she was. Everyone, viewers, Annika's face, her jaw just dropped and her mouth opened wide. Yeah. So I said, Beverly, I'm pregnant. I'm not like, I'm not getting fat. I am expecting a baby. But apparently back in the day, you kind of just like hid that part of you. And also back in the day, once you had a kid, your career was done. Like you were done. So I think she wanted me to keep it a big secret, but which of course I didn't do, but you know, think times have changed, but she ended up past, she passed away tragically. Like one day we got an email from her assistant and said, Beverly has passed away. So for a while I had nobody. I didn't have an agent. And then the woman I'm with now, Paige Chambers at Resolute Artist Agency is amazing. She's a former Rockette, former Susan Stroman dancer. She did the original company of the producers. And you know how I got to be represented by her? How? Facebook. Because Facebook. Yep. I post a lot. And I keep my posts very positive. And she was having a call, an open call, no, an invited call two years mm-hmm. ago. And she invited me to come and sing. And now she represents me. So I'm very lucky because you are correct. This digital age, having an agent is helpful. Mm-hmm. And she submits me for projects every month. And I get a submission report from her. Mm-hmm. And she's just really... Her agency is pretty new, but she just got franchised by SAG and AFTRA. We were talking about that, you and I, because Mm -hmm. you had been approached by someone and they weren't franchised. And I was like, no, girl, no, no, no. Because that's that whole thing sounded so shady. And I'm glad you reached out to me. For our listeners, what happened was I go on Playbill. I, I am not a represented actor. And so like you were saying how you look through the Backstage magazine, you can also look through Playbill to find different open calls. Um, and as I'm doing this project, I'm thinking more and more about representation and if that's something I'm interested in. And there was this breakdown on playbill and it was like we're looking for tall dancers who tap dance it was just all things that you could say are qualities that I have or I possess so I sent in what they were looking for and I got this really shady email back and I was like you know what I need to send this to the showgirl because if anyone has a tip for me, it's Michelle and she can help me with this. So I sent her a screenshot and like Michelle said, they were not franchised. They wanted me to call Actors Equity, which is a red flag. I they work for me I don't work for them yeah it was the right call to ignore that email and I am still unrepresented but better unrepresented than giving your money to a scam yeah so for the listeners an agent should not be charging you 
to do the work that they do. There, I was approached by another agency a couple of years ago, and they wanted me to pay a website fee of $150. Mm-hmm. And I was like, nope, like the having a website is part of doing business. And a website doesn't cost $150. First of all, like mm-hmm. there's you can even get a website put up for free or very low cost. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that was a red flag. And the cost of doing business is part of the expense of an agent. So what happens with an agent is when they're looking at somebody, they are looking at somebody and thinking, how much money can they bring into the agency? Because they're only taking a 10% commission, which is the amount by law, like they cannot take more than that. A manager can take 15%. So if you have an agent and a manager, 25% of your check is being cut off the top for your representation. Now, Annika, right now, you're doing exactly what you need to be doing. I don't think you need an agent at the moment because you're doing every, just because you're not in the unions yet. Mm -hmm. doesn't mean you're not going to be soon, but right now you're not. And so that's fine. So for these non-union projects, you can book them yourself quite easily. You just find out where the audition is or the submission for video you submit. And you just got to keep chipping away at that. Mm -hmm. For everybody else, the relationships that you start to develop with casting directors are what's going to get you work. If the casting directors start to recognize you keep showing up, you keep submitting, and your your online tapes are good quality, you're talented, they say, oh, okay, there's Annika again. Let me just take a look at her video again. So you start being seen by people, but it takes time. Mm -hmm. Because every year, all these conservatory programs and colleges and universities graduate classes full of trained, talented people that are now coming to Chicago, New York, LA, Atlanta, DC, Philly, and they're joining the pool. So you have to spend time just getting these casting directors to notice you, recognize that you're consistent and that you're dedicated and ready to go. And they'll start putting you in the pile of let's call them in or let's take a look or, you know, and that takes time. And I think that a lot of people don't realize that you have to put in time. It's Mm -hmm. a, it's a long journey. It's a process of continually reaching out continually creating your own content and inviting others to share in it, inviting others to watch your web series or watch your little, you know, your little reels that you post on social media, which social media is a great way to promote your talent and to promote your artwork and you and showcase yourself, use those tools. Totally. And I know in your career, you're transitioning into film and TV. Can you tell me a little bit about agents and managers in that world? Is it different? Or have you noticed a lot of differences? Yes. Well, there's something called the breakdowns. And I do not have access to the breakdown. The breakdown comes out every week. And it is all the things that are being cast for film and TV. And so Mm -hmm. My agent will get the breakdown, look through it, and then look at her roster of clients and submit. Mm -hmm. So my agent has said to me, would you go to Atlanta if you booked something? And I say, yes, of course I will, because I'm just trying to build my film and TV resume. There are things that are filming in Atlanta. And if the casting director there gets my submission, 
then they they invite me to self-tape. And so then I do a self-tape up here in New York and I submit it. And then if I got cast, the shoot dates are, sometimes they're not written in stone, but they say be available from December 15th through the 25th. Mm-hmm. And so w- one of those days they're going to say, okay, we're shooting on the 18th. So that's mm-hmm. when we need you. So there's a lot of whatever you're doing has to be flexible. So you could do that, but that's also part of show business. Things happen kind of last minute, kind of on the, in the blink of an eye, you know, I'm sure you've noticed that too. Yeah. And that's another thing I'm I'm thinking about as I approach graduation um, at the end of the spring is I want that flexibility in my life. I want to be able to go to auditions every day. I have been going to, there's been a couple like in person the past couple weeks and I'm like, I love that like high. It's it's like a high when you go and it's the best feeling. And I'm like, I want to do that. I don't want to be changing diapers at Gymboree. I'm sorry, Jimbri. I love you, but you get the point. So I want that like flexibility in my life. So I've been thinking a lot about that. That's just yeah. Um, but so <laughs> what you got to do? Save a couple of months of living expenses. Mm-hmm. Just keep that into a bank account that you never touch, and that mm-hmm. way. Because you do have this survival job right now. So mm-hmm. let's say for some reason, the company that you currently work for won't let you take off for an audition. So then you would have to like leave that job. Mm-hmm. And as you know, it takes a while to set yourself up. So you mm-hmm. need at least, I would say at least three months of rent, food, electricity, all your bills just tucked away because sometimes sometimes your survival jobs are rooting for you and they want you to mm-hmm. book work and they're like, we love you. So yes, you can have this day off and you still have your job. I worked for this restaurant and bar that doesn't exist anymore, but the owner was very understanding. And the rule was, as long as you got your shift covered, you could not work if you, even at the last minute. And all of us that worked at this place were really good to each other in covering each other's shifts because if I covered for you, then you'll cover for me one day. So it always worked out. It was great. <laughs> Definitely. So you mentioned self-tapes. Can you tell me about your experience? How long have you been self-taping? Has it just been the pandemic or had you been doing it for longer? Actually, the first self-tape I was ever asked to do was for Oklahoma City Lyric. Mm-hmm. I want to say 2013 or 14. They were doing a production of Bye Bye Birdie and mm-hmm. I'm friends with some of the people that work down there and they asked me to, they sent me some sides and some music and they asked me to record it. Mm-hmm. And so I did that and I submitted it. And that's the first on camera stuff. Cause I remember I used my iPhone to do it mm-hmm. and I'm trying to think of what hair color I had at the time. Like that's usually how I gauge things in time. Like what was my hairstyle? So I submitted for that. And then even before the pandemic, there was self-taping happening. Mm-hmm. And I was I was getting ready for when I first booked my agent, I needed to put some things on my reel, which by the way, I need to work on that reel. I need to mm-hmm. film some scenes and get my reel improved because mm-hmm. you got to keep it current. You got to keep it really good. Otherwise, your submissions don't get picked up. So that's something now that Oklahoma is going to open on Thursday, I was just up in Maine doing that show. Once that opens, I'll have a little more time for myself. So that's priority number one. And what as you're creating a reel for either representation or to submit 
to these breakdowns, what kinds of things are you keeping in mind as you're compiling that? Well, I think about my casting. So right now I would be playing the lawyer, the doctor, the judge, the mom, the high school principals. Those are all things that I would feasible, the police officer. These are things that I would be feasibly cast in. So creating some work, you, you're not allowed to post things that are, let's say I get an audition. I couldn't post something that hasn't been aired or filmed. Like you're not allowed to take copy and sides from a project that is being, that's being developed. You can't just do like, you can't post your auditions basically. Yeah. So it would be something that has already aired and there's plenty of stuff available on Actors Access. If you get the pro account, you can download sides. I think you can do like 24 a day a lot. Oh yeah. So and there's plenty. Actors Access, especially for those of us who are unrepresented and they're probably like number 50,000 to submit to that breakdown. Um, what are some ways in your opinion that you can make your like personal page stand out? Your like profile? Oh, that's a great, that's a great question. I think if you just include your best headshots and just mm-hmm. a couple of sentences um, about, you know, New York based triple threat, just keep it short and yeah. sweet because people don't have time to read your whole life story. So just, you know, if you just keep it short and sweet, let's say for some reason you were a bow and arrow expert, you could put something really specific in your little bio or your title. Mm -hmm. And then if someone's looking for that, I guess people use keywords when they search, you know, Mm -hmm. if you speak many languages, you could also put that in, you could put multilingual performer, blah, 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 just something that makes you stand out from every other person Mm -hmm. in the crowd. And each of us has certain things that we do that we, you know, we have our, our hobbies, our special skills, you know, horseback Mm -hmm. riding, California girl, you could say, or horseback riding New Yorker. I love these. But are you a bow yeah, and pe- expert? <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I'm totally not. I would say, let's say, I can ice skate. Yeah, but just you just have to pick something that you normally do regularly. That is mm-hmm. a special skill that mm-hmm. that people might need, especially thinking about. You have to think about the market, like what shows are being filmed right now, mm-hmm. and what shows do you see yourself in? You know, I could totally see myself in a New York City based crime show or police show that I could just walk onto the set of that and fit right in. Now, if it's a show about someone in the middle of the desert, maybe that would not be like my show, but you just have to like look and you have to find out the world where you could easily fit. And it doesn't mean that as an actor, you can't stretch and grow, but Mm -hmm. start, start close to home first is my biggest advice. Start close Mm -hmm. to where people could say, oh, I could see like for you, I could Mm -hmm. see you do like a Western where it's like a family that is, you know, self-sufficient living off the land. That's totally your wheelhouse, you know, because you're very natural. You, you don't wear a ton of makeup normally. You don't, you know, you you're not the like cocktail sipping sex in the city person. No. That's not your, that's yeah. not your world, right? You just hit the nail on the head with that one. And I have six brothers and sisters in real life. So that just, exactly. So together. yeah. So there's like a, 
there's an earthiness about you and a groundedness that I wouldn't cast you as the society girl who's a spoiled brat because that's not you, you know? I mean, could you play that? Sure. Yeah. You totally could play that and be awesome at it. But if I'm just looking at you and your essence, Mm -hmm. uh, my friend Kathy Ranking basically says they cast you for you. Mm -hmm. So because they could find a society girl who's a spoiled brat and cast that person, you know, they don't, it's, they just want to always cast as close as they can to the character. Mm-hmm. And then speaking of that, what are your next like big goals in terms of film and TV? And where do you want your agent to take you? If that well, I love Yeah, no, I love my agent. She works so mm-hmm. hard and she's got so many successful clients. My big goal is to get a lead on a series, a, a mm-hmm. regular role on a series. Now, I'm not in my 20s anymore. So I wouldn't mm-hmm. be the 20 something person. So what kind of series role could I get? What I do, what I like to do for fun is I like to watch shows and say, where would I, what role would I play in this? And I would love to do a show long time ago. There was a great show with Bruce Willis. This was his breakout role. It was called Moonlighting. You should check it out on YouTube. It was Sybil Shepard and Bruce Willis. And I believe they were detectives, but it was kind of a throwback to the 1940s comedies. The dialogue was written a little like fast talking. They were always making jokes and it was a, it was a good show. Like at the time it was, it was in the eighties, I believe, or, and it was a hit. And then Bruce Willis became a big film star, but that was his breakout. And he was a bartender in New York. He was bartender and he, he became very successful, but I do know for a fact that he worked his way through the system and worked his way into movie stardom. So good for him. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think those are all of the questions I have for my project, but is there anything else we haven't discussed that you might want in the story? Yeah. I just want to say if you're trying to get famous or become a big star, Mm -hmm. I would say think more about the journey. Mm -hmm. For me, my happy memories and my most enjoyable days are when I'm immersed in the process of it all. And I just got back from Maine this morning, actually. And we had rehearsal yesterday. Being at that rehearsal was so special because the director is amazing. The lighting and the set is amazing. And just watching it all come together yesterday to see my choreography fit into the big picture Mm -hmm. and to give notes and everybody just really soaking up all the notes that I was giving and the director was giving. That's mm. what I love the most, the process. Yeah. I love rehearsing. I love being part of a group and being part of collaboration. Mm-hmm. So my advice to everybody is just enjoy the ride, enjoy the journey. There's ups and there's downs, but if you can just stay in it, the rewards are so great. And they're not always, it's not always about like the money and the flash and, you know, it's about have, doing a really good job. Like there was a scene yesterday with Curly and Judd and after rehearsal, I said to the director, that was amazing. Like that. And he was like, yeah, that was pretty good today. And I was like, well, I got to see people work and they were so connected to each other. And Mm -hmm. the the tension in the scene was so great. I was like, that was like professional quality work. And it was nice. It was just nice to like be there for that. Yeah. Oh, that was good. These are just the best. 
it's the best, right? And I can't wait for it to have an audience. And I can't wait for the audience to come away being like being affected by it, being touched by it, being moved by it, being changed by it. Mm -hmm. That's why I do it because it's there's so many layers to it all. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much for being a part of my project. I'll have to send you a copy when it's finished. I would love that. And I would love to, I'm going to post this as a podcast because why not, right? Oh, why not? Thank why you, not? Annika. You're awesome. Uh, so Thank let's you. tell the listeners just a little bit about you, where you are now in New York and how people can follow you on Instagram. So go ahead and just give us that info. Of course. So I'm Annika Rudolph. I graduated from AMDA last year. How has it been a year? I don't know. Um, I live in Yorkville on the Upper East Side. And you can follow me on Instagram at Rudolph, like the reindeer, dot Annika, A-N-N-I-K-A. The Showgirl Tip of the Day podcast has original music composed by Joshua Holloway. Find him on YouTube, Joshua Holloway Music. This podcast is written by Michelle Bruckner and edited by Michelle Bruckner and Joshua Holloway. Find me on Instagram, Showgirl Tip of Day. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again next week with a new episode. Show, show.